Sing Second Sports is a ProVision Advisors production. Let us solve your toughest communication problems and leave your team stronger and more capable for the challenges that lie ahead. Visit www.provisionadvisors.net to learn more. Hey there, my name is Chris Nerthen, Naval Academy Class of 2015, Service Warfare Officer of the Great Amphib Navy, former gridiron contributor for the Navy Midshipman, singer and songwriter, father of three, soon to be four, married to champion wife Carrie, and you may be asking yourself, what is he doing here? Well, my good friends Chris and John are taking some time to develop a new direction for Sing Second Sports Podcast, and they were gracious enough to lend me the keys and take it for a spin. Now, this is a sweeter takeover, and we will be talking sports and the return of Navy football, but do expect impromptu sweetener marketing plugs and possibly some sweetener music radio spins. I will do my best to keep that a minimum. That said, are your mornings, afternoons, evenings, or nights a tad slow? Is that second or third cup of coffee just not getting the job done? Have you tried putting some sweetener in your cup? Just a drop here and there in your daily playlist might just be the trick. Search for sweetener on your favorite listening platform and give them a spin. That's S-W-E-E-T, and as in November, you are... You know what they say. A little more sweetener, please. Sing Second Sports, sweetener takeover in five, four, three. Today's theme, Giant Killers. This podcast celebrates the physical mission of our beloved Naval Academy, and we can go in many different directions doing so. The particular timing of today's episode, you should not be surprised. We have the Notre Dame Fighting Irish on our minds. So in a sweetener fashion, I wanted to take this opportunity to dive into the mental fitness that plays into our physical mission. We have a stud lineup of guests that exercise their mental fitness to maximum heights, some of them victors over Notre Dame, some reaching pinnacle positions of our military, and one even winning a Super Bowl. Yes, maybe you and I are not heading into Dublin to take down the Fighting Irish, but there's certainly a giant in your life that could use a stone shot into his eye. Maybe there's a nugget in these conversations ripe for the picking. We'll get right into these interviews, but first. So what's going on around the yard? Did you know Navy women's soccer player and Tomble, Texas native Alexa Riddle was named preseason All-Patriot League for the second year in a row? Junior Chloe Dawson named first-team academic All-American. Dawson is an honors robotics and control engineering major. She was also the Patriot League Rookie of the Year her freshman year and second-team All-Patriot League her sophomore year. Wow, incredibly smart and athletic? Her parents must be proud. Navy women's soccer team currently ranks fifth in the Patriot League entering this season kicking off their season this month against St. John's University at home. Also kicking off their seasons this month, men's golf, women's golf, defending Patriot League champs men's soccer, and the reigning national champions men's rugby team will face off against Notre Dame in Dublin alongside the Navy football team. That's right, the Navy football opens up their season in Ireland against the Fighting Irish as well. Some new personnel in our ranks, maybe some new plays, and even a fresh take on uniforms. Keep an eye out for the Gaelic threads Under Armour sewed into the mid-special Dublin unis. 
And hey, if you're listening from Dublin, tap into your MyUSNA app and see what the Alumni Association has in store for you over the pond. Let's get started. Ladies and gentlemen, the Naval Academy's 63rd Superintendent, Vice Admiral, John Buck. Admiral Buck, fancy seeing you in the office. I was expecting to see you sipping a pina colada on the beach. What's going on here? I'll tell you what there, Chris. We live and are living in unprecedented times. I uh, Very briefly, I was able to celebrate with my wife, Joanne, our retirement on the 7th of July, in which we were able to say a mighty thank you to a whole bunch of people who saw us through this 40-year journey in the Navy. And then about an hour after that ceremony, Chris, I took off my choker whites, put my khakis back on, and I remained on active duty and was asked to continue to serve as the superintendent until the 31st of this month. So I officially transition out of uniform on the 31st of August, and I will be on the retired list approved on 1 September. So a little bit of twist in process of how we do things, uh, but Semper Gumby. Hey, uh, I don't think anyone's disappointed to see you for a couple extra months. I'm sure most people were sad to see you leave. So good little pleasant surprise for us uh uh, Admiral Buck fans. I am a little bit disappointed. I was um, looking forward to using this opportunity to announce to everybody what you're doing post-retirement. I uh, really wanted to call you by your stage name, Buck Wild, but we'll just hold that until uh, you are officially out. But we obviously, we should tell everybody you'll be joining the band officially after uh, you get out, which is exciting. But yeah, go ahead, sir. What do you think? I'm ready to join. I'm ready. I've already been uh, rehearsing and practicing. You're a natural. I saw that the day we were doing that video together, I just, it, it was all clear. It was one of those moments where the stars aligned and I said, I found him. That's my guy. So yeah, we'll have you report. I'll send orders up from Millington. Your next uh, station of duty, sir, will be right here in Germantown, Memphis, Tennessee with me to get back to Sweetener Studios. Looking forward to it. But before, sir, uh, I noticed you're wearing your Navy soccer shirt. Uh, what's the occasion? The brigade reformed today. We, we got the first class midshipman back last night. And we got all the rest of the underclassmen back today to join the new class of 2027, who just will successfully finish their plebe summer tomorrow. And ladies soccer, women's soccer opens up with a fall opener this week. So I just thought tonight I'd throw on a Navy soccer jersey to celebrate. Looking forward to an entire new season of Navy sports. Yes, sir, as we all are, celebrating the physical mission here on Sync Second Sports. Hey, quick question to you. What's your daily workout routine? What you been doing these days to keep the pounds off and the heart rate young? Well, to, to, to tell you the truth, I am uh, humping 80 to 100-pound brown boxes full of my personal property up and down three flights of stairs in our new house. And uh, that's definitely giving me my strength and a little bit of my cardio workout. Otherwise, I jump on a Concept 2 rowing machine and stay in shape. I like it. That brings me back to our plebe summer days. I don't know about you, but I had to lug a 60-pound sack up like four flights of stairs in seventh wing. Did you have a similar experience? I was on the third deck of second wing, but I had a lot of stairs like you did. And the, uh, the other thing I'm doing to stay in shape, which is kind of cool, is something I always enjoy doing is I like to go out each plebe summer and play tennis with the new recruited men and the new recruited women for our tennis team. It's always a lot of fun to introduce myself and see what talent the coaches were able to bring in for our teams. 
So is that like a hustle moment where you kind of play play nice and then crush them, or or how does that usually pan out for you? No, actually, the way that pans out for me, Chris, is is uh, I I say my blessings and prayers that after an hour and a half I I last and I don't die and I don't get hurt by them hitting the ball at me at about a hundred miles an hour. They've got some phenomenal talent this year on both the men's and the women's side. It's going to be real exciting to watch Navy tennis. Awesome. Good to hear. It sounds like they're doing a good job recruiting, and it's a, a great sport. Tennis is a favorite of mine, too. I'm waiting for the Naval Academy to make uh, pickleball a Division One sport. Have you picked up on this, this trend? Hey, this is how hardcore the midshipmen are with pickleball. Today, we had one of those you know, big uh, summer thunder bumper, uh, lightning, heavy rain storms. And about 10 minutes after the skies cleared and uh, bright blue skies, but wet courts, I saw midshipmen out on three different pickleball courts. It is definitely caught on as a, a huge activity with the brigade on the yard. Have you tried it yourself? I love pickleball. I'm a racket sports guy. Tennis player by trade, but pickleball, racquetball, squash, ping pong, badminton. You throw a racket in my hand and I'm a, I'm a ready opponent and, and willing to play. I, I feel the same way. I think pickleball is a great sport because it's like some reason the size of the court, the size of the ball and the paddle allows you to be the tennis player you can't be in real tennis and the ping pong player you can't be in the ping pong. It's like a great hybrid where you can just – it's like it's like adult men's softball for me. I, I get to play softball now and – it's like everything's in slow motion, so I can do all my fun plays I wish I could do in real baseball. But pickleball is similar. Perspective. For this, uh, for this pure tennis player, I have a hard time because I'm always getting caught in the kitchen, and I lose yep. points. That's, that's where you lose. That's where they're going to get you, and the smart players will get you in the kitchen. I've always been told, too, you got to stay low. It's a very low game. Uh, the lower you are to the court, the better it is, I guess. But I get mopped up and down the floor here and by a bunch of old geezers here in Memphis that just play pickleball all day. You'd be surprised. Didn't our mamas tell us to stay out of the kitchen? They did. And there we go. It's a life lesson. So tell me, are you going to Dublin, Ireland this year? What's what's going on? God, I can't wait. We've been planning this trip for an hour or for a year, Chris. <laughs> we, are, we are heading to Dublin. It's what's really cool about this extension of my time as soup is I am the soup for the Navy-Notre Dame game. So we're blessed to officially represent the Naval Academy in uniform, travel over there with the team, stand on the sidelines and, and cheer Navy to a victory over Notre Dame uh, as soup. And at the conclusion of that game, that's when, that's, when I, that's when I wrap it up as soup. So, yes, sir, I'm going to Dublin. Can't wait. Uh, I love the positivity, and I think that's a great way to uh, kick off the season. I think that's going to be a good omen over the team, if you ask me. Hey, what's your prediction this year? Navy Notre Dame, at least for game one. Okay, here's my prediction. I was talking to our athletic director today, Chet Gladchuk. We're both in violent agreement. 36-32 to a team that wears blue and gold. Fair enough. I think I know what team you're talking about. Hey, on the, on the subject of football, you obviously were involved in the hiring process with Coach Newberry. Was there anything in particular you saw in him that gave you the confidence, that gave you the kind of feeling and the peace of mind that you know you're in the right, you got the guy in the right position? Two or three things really stuck out with, uh, with Coach Newberry. One, his brilliance for four years as our defensive coordinator, just absolute brilliance and innovation, creating chaos and confusion 
for the opponent's offensive side with our defense. As you know, Navy's defense has been super strong and has kept us in many, many of the games that we didn't prevail in, but we stayed in the game because of our great defense. Second thing that was super attractive to Coach Newberry is, is he gets it. He is definitely bought in to the overall mission of the Naval Academy, developing these young men morally, mentally, and physically. He loves to win. He's a competitor, but he also understands that we've got a primary mission out there, too, to develop leaders for our Navy and our Marine Corps. And uh, I love all of our coaches who are bought into to both sides of that equation. Amen to that, sir. Hey, I um, want to say thank you for coming on and spending some time with us. The podcast is obviously a big fan of Admiral Buck, and I obviously am being a fellow band member, brother in arms. Last question for you. What is your favorite sweetener song? Oh, my gosh, that's easy, Chris. The song that brought you and I together. When I, uh, when I happened to be driving along the road and I picked up this young, handsome country singer that was hitchhiking and needed to get home, and uh, he started singing John Denver. I like it. That's a song that will be in my heart for the rest of my life. Me too, sir. I appreciate you and all your support. So thank you for coming on and uh, keep jamming to Sweetener. Oh, I must tell you, you know, we're coming to play a show in Annapolis, October 7th. How you're, not, you're not moving far after you retire, so we hope to see you out there. We're going to be playing downtown Annapolis. The Sweetener House Show is coming to Annapolis, Maryland. Are you going to be there, sir? Yeah, for sure. Go Navy. All right, sir. Go Navy. Have a good rest of your evening. Thanks. So Thursday, September 14th, Navy football comes to Memphis for a conference matchup. That's great news for Mid-South Navy fans like myself because you know we're going to have a good alumni tailgater lined up. But that also means that weekend in Annapolis is wide open for recreational activities. Did you know that happens to be the weekend of the Annapolis Songwriters Festival? And did you know your boy is going to be in the lineup? That's right. Friday the 15th and Saturday the 16th, I'll be performing in multiple writers' rounds for the festival throughout downtown Annapolis. I would be delighted to see you in the crowd, and I'd love to meet you after the shows. For more details, type Annapolis Songwriters Festival into your search bar. And you should also hit up NavySports.com and check the schedule. Home matchups that weekend include women's rugby, men's rugby, and men's tennis. Sounds like a full day of action and a relaxing evening of music and storytelling. Responsibly throw a cold beverage in there, and it might be the perfect day. I like your odds. So in the spirit of the Sweetener Takeover, for the next few interviews, I brought my brother John on, Naval Academy Class of 2013 and Navy Football Inside Linebacker, and he wanted to get in on some of this fun. Next up, Naval Academy Class of 2010, two-time victor over Notre Dame, deliverer of the infamous 2007 Flying Sack, outside linebacker number 34, Ram Vela. So fourth down and eight. Notre Dame is going to go for it. striker position looked like one there oh man was that a play all right so ram we just uh, watched your uh, infamous sack against notre dame in 2007 what class were you at that time i was a sophomore yeah you're a sophomore all right so uh where do we begin here how do we unpack this one i first want to say i was watching that game in high school um i had just become enlightened of the naval academy and the navy football program thanks to my brother being recruited 
So we really started watching the games and um, never forgot this number 34 guy, outside linebacker. That was the position I was playing. So it really was impactful on me personally. And then, of course, I went to the Naval Academy, went to NAPS, um, the prep school for the Navy, and you were my coach up there. So it just was just yeah. an awesome experience. Great way to start out uh, my Navy football career with you. So, hey, man, let's talk about this. All right. What's going through your head that fourth down? What's, what are you thinking about? I think uh, in order to kind of understand where I was, where my mentality was at, you have to, you have to go back you know, a few possessions where, and you also have to keep in mind, this is at that time I'm sophomore. I went to, I went to nap. So I guess I'm like a wretcher, you know, but it was my, my second or third full game starting. I was a recruited quarterback somehow made the transition over to defensive back. And then, you know, during the Duke game, which was our second or third game of the season, I uh, got thrown into outside linebacker. So, you know, we're in the fourth quarter, you know, it's fourth down, big play, but, you know, if you rewind it back, I was playing a new position, still was unfamiliar. I was at a point where Coach Green, our defensive coordinator, had simplified our entire defense to, you know, a couple of plays around cover two and cover three just just because he knew how new I was to that position. So so kind of knowing that, then you fast forward to, you know, Notre Dame and and then, you know, you go back a few possessions. I missed a couple of key plays and, you know, and just made a couple of bad plays. So keep it sweet and simple. So once we, you know, once, once we get to that play, we're sitting there in the huddle or down Notre Dame should just kick it. They win the game. It's over. And uh, for some reason, Charlie Weiss thinks it's a good idea to go for it, which in hindsight, I, I probably would agree with that because this is a, a young defense not a lot of continuity, not a bunch of real playmakers outside of probably our corner and safety positions who are all a bunch of young guys anyway. So it, it, there was just a bunch of things that that sort of culminated in that decision. So, you know, we're huddled up. We realize they're not going to kick a field goal. You know, Buddy Green, our defensive coordinator, is is to a certain degree out of out of options because you know, given how many yards there were to go, he's got to play some sort of coverage position. So he's taken out some of his best playmakers. Um, and then that just leaves, you know, we ran a three, four, so it leaves, you know, three defensive linemen who are, you know, going to be taken up. And then he's got two middle backers who need to play to run. He's got two outside backers, one of which is a, is a better pass rusher. And then he's got me, who's kind of like the oddball. So I, I just remember, uh, I don't know if there's there's rules on this on this podcast, but I remember him looking me dead in the eyes and he's like, "Are you gonna make a play?" And you know, I'm a sophomore. I, it's my second or third game starting. I'm like, I'm like, well, how do you respond? I'm like, of course I'm gonna make a play. Meanwhile, I didn't really know exactly what I was gonna do. So mentality was just, I've got to do something to give us an opportunity to win this game. I've also got to do something which, and this goes in pecking order of priority, right? Like what's going to be best for the team, give us a chance to win. Second, what's going to be, you know, good for me. That's going to give me an opportunity to continue to play at this position. And then number three, like what's, what am I going to do? That's going to make me feel good about myself, you know, where I don't have any regrets um, looking back. And so I watched some film and that was, you know, that that's how the play happened. But my mentality was just, what can I do 
what are my options? And then in those, in those times of intense, you know, nerves and, and, and all those things, you, you, you figure out, you know, the best path of what you're going to do. And then you make that choice and you do it to the best of your ability and hope for the best outcome. And, and on that day, it was, it was my day. So I love it. I have so many more questions as you unpacked all that. So let's walk it backwards again. So I want to talk about you come in as a quarterback and they say, nah, it's not going to work out. Let's put you at D back. Nah, it's not going to work out. You know, you may in your mind think you're failing, you're failing, you're failing. You know, where are you continuing to harbor the, the confidence to keep making plays and keep putting yourself out there and talk about that real quick? Yeah. I mean, look, dude, it all just goes back to the love of the game and a commitment to the things that helped you get recruited. So, you know, part of why I got recruited is that this is an opportunity for guys that are underserved, guys that, you know, want an opportunity to play these division one, division one guys, guys that can just get an opportunity to play on the field. And then you get to the academy, right? You go in with that kind of understanding. And then it, it, it transitions to, all right, well, yeah, you can want to do this. You can try really hard, but it's about, you know, making the best of, of, you know, small opportunities. And, I, and I, you know, I made the best of an opportunity, but I also probably wasted, you know, one or two other opportunities where, you know, I got put at A back and, and it didn't pan out. Yeah. I didn't make a play. You know, I, I got put at receiver, didn't make a play. And then we go out there, we run forties and they're like, Oh, well, you know, here's this guy who's, you know, a sub four, four, sub four, five, you know, type of, type of guy. Why don't we try him out at DB? Cause it's not working at, offense. So I, I had the, the luxury of having a couple of opportunities, but I think to, to answer your question, it was just deep rooted in, in the love of the game. And it's not about, it's about taking the defeats, but also just understanding that there's where one door closes, another one opens and just continuing to be optimistic about where I could go. And I just was really fortunate that it happened in my sophomore year because there's guys that will keep that same mentality, keep that same energy through their senior year and then they won't get that spot, but they're still great teammates. They're still, you know, great contributors to the game in terms of, you know, practice preparation and those types of things. So it's just deep rooted in, in the love of the game and being consistent about how you approach it, regardless of the outcome. Absolutely, Ram. Uh, let's talk about the team real quick. You mentioned in that story that you had a bunch of young guys on the squad. So not only were the, were the, it was a Navy football team, a smaller team, and obviously not as talented in many ways, but younger, so less experienced. And you guys went into South Bend and beat Notre Dame. Where was that energy coming from? Like, what was what was the catalyst to a kind of confidence in a young team like that? Yeah, uh, honestly, I don't really know know the answer. I, I think, in one way, to sum it up, is you got a bunch of guys that you know have everything to prove and nothing to lose. So, you know. You're, you're playing with guys and you're trying to find some continuity, but, you know, doing that in practice and then getting like one game. I mean, th- that was maybe the first or second game where we had like an actual set of 11 guys that we could like put on, you know, on defense that were actually playing together. Cause like I said, you know, I joined kind of late in the game. Um, and, and look, like the, the honest truth is that that was a, that was not the best defense that Navy's ever had. And that was not, that was clearly not the best Notre Dame team that Notre Dame had. So it was sort of a culmination of uh, that was right for opportunity. So I think it was just, it was just a bunch of guys that were hyper invigorated and motivated to prove themselves. And there's a, there's a little pocket of selfishness because these are guys that 
are trying to earn their spot on a defense that has a rich history of guys that had just dominated. I mean, I took over a striker position, which was Dave Mahoney, you know, for four years who started as a freshman and ended up, you know, and is going to be in in the Navy Hall of Fame. So those are like enormous shoes to fill. Um, you've got like a string of quarterbacks that had like come through the program that had just like killed it. You had great defensive linemen, like just Tyler Tidwell. Like there's just like so many guys that you can sit there and name. So everyone is lobbying for the spot where there's a vacancy because somebody that was really good had come before them. And I think that that's, there's a little bit of selfishness to backfill that, but also it was this weird combination of selfishness, but also, you know, guys that were all in for what Navy stood for that kind of culminated and gave us just that little bit of competitive advantage to beat Notre Dame. And, and sometimes, you know, heart and effort is all you really need to, to win in the game of football, which is, you know, the beauty of the sport. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't know if that answers the question, but yeah. Ram, was there anything going on? How about in the locker room pregame? Did anybody come and talk to y'all? Was this the Brian Stan um, pregame speech or no? So, he was Bobby uh, Mack. Yeah, the God honest truth is that my memory doesn't serve me very well. But <laughs> yeah, it was, it definitely wasn't Brian Stan. He was Army Navy. But yeah, it was Bobby Mack. And, the the speech that he gave us was about like being like three-star athletes and, and like, I'm sure like this is just infiltrated uh, guys after us, but yeah, Bobby Mack did come and give that speech and, and, and look, we can talk about Bobby Mack all day. That guy was why I got recruited. It's a big reason of why I came to the Naval Academy. It's a big reason why I stayed at the Naval Academy and it's a big reason why I'm, proud of the Naval Academy, you know, having graduated, but I can't sit there and, and honestly say that that was the motivation I needed. Cause the motivation that I needed. And I think a lot of the guys needed was way before Bobby Mack. Like that was like the cherry on top to just be like, we got an opportunity and Bobby was at the right place at the right time. Cause you really did just have a bunch of hungry guys. I mean, I think there was one starting senior on that defensive squad. So just, it just goes to show that, you know, you can get a bunch of young guys that can sit there and, and make history and take advantage of a, of a raw opportunity. But uh, yeah, what was the, what was the original question? No, I'll just close with it. Just saying, I think what you're getting at is I think it's five-star heart beats five-star talent. Was that that? Five no? star, yeah. Five-star yeah. heart beats five-star talent. I think about yeah. that every day i'm not kidding that has been something that's like written into my blood ever since i heard that speech watching a highlight video of you guys so um anyways right timing right place for sure for sure with the uh, perspective that you have now and with the experiences that you've had obviously on and off the field and most notably leading into a game that you have uh, some awesome awesome traditions there's even been articles written about how Rambella's on the top five list for uh, most hated things about Navy football uh, in, the, in the history of Navy football. Uh, but um, you're in the locker room now, and you're talking to the guys before the game. Uh, you don't have to give us the whole pregame speech, but what do you want to make sure that if they can walk away with one line, what do you want to make sure that they, they've got in their heads? I think it's, I think it's being their best self and really rely on, relying on the preparation that they've had for the game. And, 
you know, what, what happens on the field is, is truly a consequence of, you know, the preparation. Um, you know, you, you can go out there with zero preparation and be the best, most athletic version of yourself, but man, it just doesn't get it done. So I think it's, it's this healthy combination of preparation and being your best self, you know, athletically, physically, mentally, um, that really gets it done. And, and if there's a way that I can, if there's a way that I can, you know, bring that into a concise, um, compelling speech, that's like all I really want to tell guys. And, and, and I, and I think that it speaks to a bunch of things about why football is good, because if the preparation isn't there, then, you know, you have an enormous vacancy and, and, you know, the, the athletic ability is only going to get you so far because historically, you know, you're not talking about, you know, real raw D one talent. You're talking about guys that got a little bit of a chip on their shoulder. So um, the athletic, the physical side can only take you so far, but you know, you really need to supplement that with, with um, you know, the preparation of what you're doing, you know, when the cameras aren't on what you're doing, when, you know, you're getting reps. And, and, and I think that that's like, you know, so those two things I think is bringing those together is the most important piece. I like it. Outstanding. Okay. Ram, just want to thank you so much for having uh, some time with us. It's been a pleasure talking to you. I only have one more question that to ask you. It should be the easiest one of the night. What's your favorite sweetener song? It's absolutely don't give up the ship. And oh, nice. I get a cameo in there. So I feel a little bit, yeah, I, I should get some royalties for that one. Wait, no, wait a minute. <laughs> Let's go off the record on that one. But uh, thank you, man. I appreciate you spinning the music and uh, please share it with a friend. Man, it's so good to see you. I wish we were doing this more often. So I'm going to start texting you more. It's great to see you again. You have yourself a good rest of your evening, brother. Yeah, you guys as well. John, pleasure to see you, brother. Been a while. Hey, good to see you too, Ram. Hey, do you live in Philadelphia, Virginia Beach, Annapolis, or Memphis, Tennessee? Did you know we are bringing the Sweetener House Show to your city in October? House Show? What is that, like a real estate thing? Negative, shipmate. A house show is how we create a unique concert experience in someone's home. Back in the day, my wife and I, with the help of some crafty CBs, converted a horse trailer into a food trailer, and today we serve our world-famous iron pies. What's an iron pie? Imagine a sandwich compressed between two pie irons and cooked over a fire until toasted to a golden brown, fresh hot flavor blast. This is one of the multiple ways we aim to give you a different concert experience. The venue is always intimate and unique. The music and storytelling is original work by yours truly. And we serve up our handmade delicacies. Tickets are on sale at SweetenerMusic.com. Philly, Annapolis, Bob Beach, Memphis. Come out for an unforgettable night. That's S-W-E-E-T. And is in November, URMusic.com. By the way, do you own a business? Is it local in the cities I mentioned? Are you looking for a unique way to get exposure? Our house shows serve a captive audience. It's an intimate evening, indeed unique and certainly memorable. If you'd like to support our team and get some marketing in yourself, maybe sponsoring a show is the right thing for you. Hit up Chris at SweetnerMusic.com. That's me. Ladies and gentlemen, your 1986 Navy football team captain, starting quarterback, former commandant of midshipmen, Admiral Bill Byrne. Well, hello there, Admiral Byrne. How you doing? Chris, hello ago. Where are you calling from? Vienna, Virginia, just outside D.C., one hour west of Annapolis, Maryland. Excellent. Tell me, how is retirement life going? It is pretty decent. Yeah, I retired exactly one year ago, last August, doing a little bit of consulting, part-time only, when I'm available, when I want to do it, and uh, and we're doing, we're doing a lot of traveling. I just imagine you outside every day just chopping wood. Do you do that, like Rocky Balboa style, or no? I, I don't. And I, I, nor do I play pickleball. 
What? Uh, <laughs> trying to keep myself in shape still, still running around a little bit. But uh, you know what we're actually doing is is what we've been told not to do in retirement. We're always told, don't chase your kids. We chase the hell out of our kids. Chase them. Who told you that? Stop hanging out with them. All the old people. And, and now we've got we got four grandchildren. We're chasing them too. The best part of being the grandparents is that you get to hang out with the kids until they get sour and you just pass them right back to the parents. And, you know, it's like the best part. No doubt. I noticed, I do want to make a point how I see the Led Zeppelin book behind you. I know you're studying, studying up for tour with Sweetener. Are you excited to, to join the band and stuff? I'm, 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 I'm going to manage the band. Hey. Maybe I'll be player coach, guest, guest appearance occasionally. Any, any contribution from Admiral Byrne? would be uh, uh would be helpful and welcome so i'll take backup guitar backup vocalist manager tour manager um, agent booking agent hybrid jack, i think you're jack of all trades exactly that's what swos are right we're just a yes. jack of all trades got it are you going to dublin this year i'm going to dublin man i told you we're traveling a lot and it's uh it's international so uh i'm first generation irish my mom and dad were born and raised there i married a donovan She's Irish, never been, so I'm taking her on our second honeymoon. We're going for the weekend uh, of the game, and then we're staying a week afterwards. Excellent. Are you staying right in Dublin for the whole week? For, uh, just for the weekend, and then we're going south and west. Awesome. The old, the old sod. I'm excited for you. That sounds like a lovely trip, and I'm desperate to get out there myself. Maybe one day Yeah, I can do, do the same. So you've played against Notre Dame. You have a storied Navy football career. Tell us about your experiences playing against the Irish. Yeah, unfortunately, there were losses, uh, as as were most of us in that 43-year dry spell. So sophomore, junior, senior year, I got to play against them three times, and my statistics were uh, not very impressive. One rushing touchdown, one passing touchdown, and, and actually one receiving touchdown. We ran a trick play, and I caught a touchdown. But that's across three games. But it includes one broken ankle and one ruptured spleen. Ouch. Yeah. You know, that makes me think. Sophomore year, you're a young guy. How old do you think you were that sophomore year? 20, 20 years old. 20 years old, playing against Notre Dame for Division One football program. Where did you summon the courage? Uh, you walk out in that field to have the yeah, confidence. Man, that was awesome. Uh, up in the Meadowlands, we were the home team. So, we, you know, obviously we never play in Annapolis because uh, Notre Dame travels well. There were 65,000 people in the house. It was amazing. <clears throat> and we had them on the ropes. We were up 17-15, 14 seconds left. Their great kicker, John Carney, kicked a 44-yard field goal to stick a, the, the dagger in, in our – Yeah, dagger indeed. So how did you calm your nerves back then? I mean, you, everyone's counting on you. You're a young guy. You got a lot to prove. Parents probably in the stands. You know, what did you do to, to, to channel the right energy? Yeah. You know what I did? I went to naps. Hey. I am a huge proponent of the Naval Academy Prep School. I put on 25 pounds. I grew up socially. I grew up emotionally. I learned a little bit of calculus. I learned a little bit of chemistry, but I put on 25 pounds. And so when I showed up, I was much more ready to play. And I didn't play as a plebe. I mean, I was the, you know, the ragdoll meat squad quarterback, but that too was experience. And, and uh, you know, going up against our number one D every day is experience in itself. And it gave me some confidence because I, I got better that year. And then when we came back for camp in August, 
I was ready to compete. Let's talk about that competing, that camp in August coming into your sophomore year. Can you recall maybe the moments that kind of decided your starting position? Yeah, so I barely made the list of quarterbacks to come back from camp. I was number six of six returning quarterbacks, and we had a couple of plebes in there too. So there were nine, ten of us in that camp. And, and then slowly but surely, I just started pecking away at that list, and I was number four, and I was number three. Going into the final scrimmage, I was number two, but I got thrown in with the ones. And, man, the game just slowed down. I, I, it was, uh, I was able to see things. I was able to make adjustments and it just slowed down for me, not passing me by at a million miles an hour. And I can recall, uh, the series of downs where I was pop, 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 completing everything. And I could see the quarterback coach and the head coach talking to one another. I said, Oh man, I think this is good. I, I think it's working. And the funny thing was, you know, Tom Brady and deflate gate when he, you know, took the pressure out of the football. I had a soft football and I loved it. Really? Because I could get a little bit better grip. And so when that all whole thing went down with Tom Brady, I was like, you go, Tom, <laughs> what, what, whatever it takes, man. Whatever it takes. That's right. Thank you for sharing that, Emerald. I got to think, you know, as a parent, how many children did you raise? Five kids. Five kids. Four, four, of, them, four of them through the Naval Academy. Five kids, four of them through the Naval Academy, a long, tough career in the Navy, active duty. You had sailors to lead as well. Talk to me about stewarding your family and your commands to success. So I, I was five and dive. I went surface warfare out of the Naval Academy because it was my quickest way out. And my whole intention in life was to go back to Pacifica, California, where I grew up just outside San Francisco, and teach and coach. That's all I wanted to do. Somewhere along the line in those five years, I started liking it and I realized, hey, I'm pretty good at this. And then I'd say about the seven or eight year mark, I started loving it. And, and I never looked back and I never questioned my decision to stay in because what I realized as I was going along is teaching and coaching is exactly what I was doing. You know, a little bit different field, a little bit different classroom, but I was teaching and I was coaching and motivating and trying to inspire. And, and that's, uh, you know, that, that obviously applies in life as a husband and a father too. So I was very blessed. Amen to that. Let's put you in the locker room right now, pregame. The boys are about to take the field in Dublin. They got a Goliath awaiting them at kickoff. Yeah. What do you want them to tell? And I don't want to put you on the spot so you don't have to give a whole speech, but what are the, like the major takeaways yeah. you'd want them to take away from hearing you? Man, I just you got to leave it on the field. Leave it on the field. Trust the guy to your right. Trust the guy to your left. Know that if you go down because you've given your all, some, some other guy is going to come in here and take your place. So don't ever hesitate to give 100%, 100% of the time. I like it. Hey, last question for you, sir. Your favorite sweetener song, if you had to pick one. Not college. Hey, we got to talk about that real quick. Back back in the day, man. <laughs> when, when you gave me that first demo CD, it, it is still in my Toyota Highlander. Oh, my gosh. It's it's a fitting, a great a good old mixtape like that in a Toyota Highlander. What year is that Highlander? 03. Man, it just belongs there. Yeah, so we got to talk about that because, you know, you know, my brother and I go back and forth. We remember writing that song. 
Okay, and it was a major, major hit after the talent show uh, and then at the football camp at the end of that year. Went viral. It went viral with relatively, but um, you know, I can't, I can't put the dates together. But I also know that you came and did a, a commandant's call and came and spoke to the to the brigade, and you whipped out a shirt and said, "Not college." And you you branded like your your commandant campaign off not college, and I I kind of think we need to dispute some royalties here and talk about <laughs> you know who got it from where whose intellectual property we're talking about here. But I just want some credit for that not college. But you know I actually think uh, my brother was saying he caught it from he was walking like uh, my, when he comes back on the podcast we'll ask him what company it was. But he was walking through one of the wings and saw it on a bulletin board like in a poster it said like not college. Yeah, and he went back and started writing the song. Which we should play on here. Actually, we shouldn't. It's not. It's not appropriate. But uh, maybe one day the hidden gems of volume will come out of the from the vault and we'll re-release it, mastered. No, you know that. That's why it's my favorite. You say it's not appropriate. I think it's perfectly appropriate. Now it's a little uh, irreverent, <laughs> but you are in fact Chris Northern, right? And and that's uh, what I've always loved about you. But there's a good message at the end, right? If you get lemons, make lemonade. Amen. It's all going to be good. Everything, everything that we do at the Naval Academy, moral, mental, academic, athletics, all of it is hard. But the heart is good. And and that's what I take away from from Not College. That's a great song. It's in the struggle. The beauty is in the struggle. And it it wouldn't be so sweet of a reward if it wasn't so hard. It's not supposed to be easy. There's no doubt about that, sir. Um, did you know, in closing, did you know we're coming to Annapolis in October for a Sweetener House show? We're putting on a concert downtown after a North Texas game, I think. Just want to make sure, obviously, you're going to be there. You probably heard about your tickets, but want to make sure everybody knows we're going to see you and your family there. Am I not going to be the manager that night? Yeah, I, you're right. What am I saying? It's already on the SOE that you wrote for us. Yeah. And I was really offline. We got to talk about some logistics. Yeah. We got some load in, load out stuff. And we'll split those royalties. Well, thank you so much, sir, for uh, spending some time with us tonight. And I noticed you're drinking some coffee. And first off, did you put some sweetener in that cup tonight? Double dose, always. Amen. Yeah. I also noticed, what's on that thing? What does that cup say? Yeah. So this is a relic right here. Ram Vela, 2007. Oh, my goodness. There he is on top of Jimmy Clausen. And on the back, it says 2007 Navy football, foam finger, $4. Season ticket. Two hundred dollars beating Notre Dame, priceless. Priceless. We need about one thousand of those made in the next two weeks, so we can get those things on the shelves at the mid store immediately. Yeah, you bet. All right, sir. Have a good rest of your evening. Say hello to your family for us, and have safe travels to Dublin. Go Navy. Right on, Chris. Beat the Irish. Hey, with football season around the corner, you may be in need of some new Navy swag, or how the Gen Zers say, drip. We've officially launched the first ever Sweetener Sing Second Ball Cap. Head to SweetenerMusic.com and snag yourself a fresh way to rep the goats. That's S-W-E-E-T-N-U-R Music.com. It's a win-win. You're supporting Sweetener and you look good doing it. Ladies and gentlemen, entering his 16th year for the goats, assistant head coach and offensive line coach for Navy football, Ashley Ingram. Coach, welcome to uh, Sing Second Sports. Good to see you again. It's... 10 o'clock your time. We're in the middle of camp. Tell us about the schedule tomorrow. What's the day-to-day look like for you guys right now? Uh, to, tomorrow, I just got home, walked in the door as I, I got on the phone with you guys. Uh, so we've been going like, you know, starting meetings at 6 a.m. We're going through 
10 o'clock, you know, getting home and stuff. Uh, tomorrow is the last day of camp. School starts on Thursday. And actually tomorrow, I'm sure you guys both remember, uh, uh, hello night for the plebes. So they get a little uh, <laughs> razzing and all that good stuff. But they'll have a little fun, but obviously they'll be happy that plebe summer's over. So, uh, yeah, another full day tomorrow. Then we're like into the act year, you know, type of um, flow of things. Okay, so we're coming to a close on camp. Tell us any any major developments. What are you really excited for going into your uh, game preparation for Notre Dame? Tell us about how your camp went. Uh, I'm excited that camp is over. If you guys remember when we played uh, Notre Dame in 2012 in Ireland, so we started a week early. So we've we've had uh, a long camp. Uh, it's it's time to move on and to to start focusing on Notre Dame. So no, it's been good. We we started uh, kind of turned our attention towards Notre Dame this week. We're uh, you know working through a game plan, working through a few wrinkles, uh, kind of seeing what we like. Uh, probably will go in this week with a little more offense than you know we'll have you know in the game. As the game gets closer, I'm sure we'll kind of pull things back. Uh, but it's been great. Uh, guys that have worked very hard. Uh, been a lot of competition. Um, so, yeah, we're, we're pleased. Um, obviously, very uh, tough opponent, tough way to start. They're, they're pretty good. They're always a challenge. But uh, our guys typically rise to the occasion, and I would suspect they'll do it again. Hey, Coach, you mentioned 2012, and obviously there's a lot of, a lot of similarities on a lot of different levels, the trip to Ireland and whatnot. But um, one of the things that I wanted to ask you about, um, you know, uniquely, that was actually my senior year. So I had a lot of I have a lot of great memories from that year. The outcome of that game didn't uh, didn't go as well as we had hoped uh, back in 2012. Great Notre Dame team, as you have already mentioned. And we uh, were a team that we're still trying to figure ourselves out on offense. And there's a little bit of carryover to uh, to the team now. Not so much trying to figure yourselves out on offense, but the fact that we got a new new system being worked in, new coaching staff. And also, as I understand it, there's a little bit of um, uh, undecidedness at the quarterback position. We got a lot of athletes, a lot of guys that can play, some veterans, some a little bit younger. Can you give us a little bit of insight into the quarterback position? Um, one thing of note, uh, that's uh, I think is uniquely familiar too is uh, to 2012 is that was the year that uh, Keenan Reynolds kind of broke onto the scene and really turned our season around. We had a great year, and um, I'm wondering if there's any any young guys that are that are really kind of making an impact, or some of the veterans that are have obviously been playing well in the last few years and stepping back up and and leading the leading the offense from that critical position. Yeah, a lot of similarities. Um, not not completely settled at quarterback going into this game. Now, that was a great football team we played over in Ireland. Obviously, um, Notre Dame that year played for the national championship. I think Alabama beat them. Here's what I'll say. I think things are going well on offense. Get quite a few new wrinkles. We will have success on offense this year. We're going to play well. You know, it may take a little time to get going. Uh, hopefully, it, you know, we come out the gate swinging and, and we play well. Uh, quarterback, we've got a lot of really talented guys. Obviously, uh, Ty Levitai. Was injured last season. He is back. He's 100% healthy. He has looked great. Kind of surprised me that he was as far along as he was, you know, with his rehab when we started camp. But he's looked great as, as well as he's ever looked. We've got another young man, Blake Horvath, who is a sophomore out of Ohio. And I tell you, he would remind you a little bit athletically like Chris Proctor. I mean, he's like a, a long mm-hmm. kid, really can run, you know, mm-hmm. one probably maybe the fastest quarterback, great top-end speed, good operator, good option guy. 
he is he's certainly in the mix. Obviously, Xavier Arline uh, has, has played a lot of football for us as a talented kid. And we've got a, a freshman. We'll see how this goes and how it progresses with Braxton Woodson, uh, a young man out of um, out of Florida, is doing a great job as well. So there's a lot of talent there. And I think I think we will uh, – you know, we may play two quarterbacks the first game. Obviously, that's uh, – you know, still up in there. We're we're ten gate ten days mm-hmm. out, but we're working a lot of guys. These guys are playing well. Uh, I'm excited about them. I, I do think at some point, and it, it will probably take some games. I think to you know we'll we'll figure out who the starter is and who's the guy that can can move the football for us. But uh, no, these guys are all all doing great. Coach, what excites you about your new head coach? Coach Newberry, great guy. He is um, great defensive mind. You know, he's kind of a free thinker, kind of mad scientist type guy. But, uh, you know, we're changing up a few things. Uh, we're doing practice-wise. We're, we're changing up kind of the flow of the week. So he's doing a lot of things that I think will benefit us. I think he's been here long enough. You know, he's been at the academy. I think this will be his fourth or fifth year. Uh, he's been the defensive coordinator leading up till now. Uh, so he knows the academy. He understands the challenges. He understands, you know, some situations and some things that are – kind of tough on the young men. So he's trying to do everything we can to kind of mitigate some of those things. So I think I think there's some good things happening. Uh, but I think the biggest thing is he, he's just a good guy. He's a very good football coach. He has a plan. He has a vision. He knows exactly what he wants the football team to look like. And I think we're, we're heading in that direction. I, I think we're going to put a product on the field uh, that kind of reflects his personality. You know, what he's always said is he wants us to be – a nightmare to prepare for, whether it be offense, defense, or or in the kicking game, and uh, that's that's our intention and that's our plan. And, and I think it, at some point this season you'll see that. Do you ever wish you had a beard like him, Coach? I don't know if I'm a beard guy. I actually shaved tonight. Uh, I let it grow a little bit during camp. It just didn't, didn't work. It's impressive. I think part of his posture. In terms of like how he looks to a to a defense, and like you're saying, his character comes out on the team. I think it plays a lot to that perfectly chiseled beard. So I just don't want to don't want to discount it. It's Zeus-esque, yeah. Oh, he's got, he's got a got a great beard. There's no doubt about it. No doubt, sir. No doubt. Hey, coach, uh, you've been obviously with the program for many years now. You've seen some of the highs. You've seen some of the lows. You've also uh, been able to be a part of some of part of some of the teams that have knocked off uh, this this story program that is Notre Dame what are the keys to victory heading into this heading into this game against Notre Dame this year yeah I have uh been fortunate enough blessed enough to um to to be on the winning end of this uh game three times we beat them out, out at Notre Dame in 2009 and we beat them up at uh, MetLife in 2010 and we beat them down in Jacksonville and I can't I can't remember the year there. You guys might remember. Coach, that was that was 2016 was my wedding day. You guys secured oh, the victory while, while we oh. right before the uh, ceremony started. So that's uh, that was my wedding gift from Navy football. Oh, that is awesome. Well, it's the here's the the truth and the reality is this that they are a great football team. They're a great football program. And for us to have a chance, we we almost have to be hitting on all cylinders. Like our coach Newberry said this last night to the the guys is our B game can't will not beat Notre Dame. I don't know if our B plus game will beat Notre Dame. I think uh our A plus game 
can beat Notre Dame, and things will have to go our way even to do that. So when we when we have beat them, we've we've controlled the ball. We have not turned the ball over. We've got a turnover or two, and uh, we've we've kind of kept their offense off the field. And somebody's always stepped up and made a play. You know, I know you guys just talked to Ramvella. He made an iconic play. We were talking about uh, Jabari Tawani. You know, Ricky Dobbs mm-hmm. made throws. Gigi Green had a run in uh, 2010. Greg Jones made a catch in 2010. That's oh, yeah. Impressive. Yeah. So, so uh, Alex Teach in 2010 mm-hmm. ran wild. He had a great screen. So, guys will have to step up and guys will have to make plays. Uh, and then we will have to play a, you know, dang near flawless game to have an opportunity. Yeah, I want to talk about the 2016 team and about guys who step up. One of my favorite stories of that year was Will Worth. I'm curious, can you talk about his journey from he may have been a walk-on to backup to starter? I would love to know what was going on in the coaching room, talking about players going down, Will Worth stepping up. Tell us about how that developed. I I think the Will Worth story is is probably not told enough in, in kind of the Navy football lore. Uh, but he is the epitome of, of a Navy football player. He's a, a great guy, tough guy. You know, he was a three-year backup, and he was going into his senior year. You know, he'd backed up uh, Keenan Reynolds. Obviously, he was a holder on the PAT field goal team. Uh, probably played a little bit, you know, in some big wins. And Tago Smith uh, was the starter going into that season. Now, the tragic part is, obviously, for, for Will to play, Tago had to be because Tago was a dynamic player and had waited his turn and had done everything that, you know, we could have asked of him. Uh, but, you know, Will, he, he got his opportunity and um, he just played lights out. And he was actually on record or on track to maybe even break a couple of Keenan's records for a touchdown rushing, you know, rushing in a season. Now, I will say this, I, I, obviously when all this happened, I was like, man, this is there's no way this is going to work out. <laughs> this is if we can win a game, we're going to be fortunate. And um, we went down <laughs> Tulane, and I think he started at Tulane his first game, and somehow we found a way to win that game. And I, I just I don't know if I was talking to Coach O'Rourke or somebody, and I was like, how did that even happen? And then uh, we just got <laughs> a bowl. I think we won ten that year, and then obviously the tragic part of it is in the AAC championship game. Uh, he had the Liz Frank injury to his foot and was not able to play against Army and not able to play against um, La Tech in the bowl game in Fort Worth. So, no, but that is that's a was a really cool season, really cool story. And to me, just the epitome of, you know, Navy football and the next man up mentality. Uh, but no, he's a he's a he's a Navy legend for sure. Coach, what did you learn as a coach with that season and seeing an experience like uh, putting Wilworth in and having a little bit of doubt there? And then seeing the team come together and win around him and him develop into a great legendary player. What was a lesson you hadn't learned as a coach that, that taught you? Well, I think that the reality is, is, you know, every time we step on the field, you just don't know what's going to happen. And uh, we were talking to the offensive line tonight in 2019. We had a great season. Another, we had an 11 win season. We had five offensive linemen start all 13 games. We did not, losing offensive linemen all season to injury. The last three seasons, it's been like musical chairs. I mean, we've had injury after injury. I think in 2021 out at Notre Dame, I think we were down to our fourth center. I mean, we were just – they were just dropping like flies. So, 
I think Will Worth is the epitome, and I think it it kind of brings home as a coach that you have to have your backups ready um, because you you just never know you know when when someone's going to go down. And then I think Will is a testament to Will and the story, you, and you try to maybe uh, let the younger guys know that is you never know when your opportunity is going to come, and you've got to be ready. And obviously, Will got his opportunity, and and he was ready to roll. I love it. Coach, thank you so much for coming on with us today. I just have one final question. What is your favorite sweetener song? Without hesitation, Baydale. All right, great jam. Well, thank you so much for for spinning the tunes. You know, we're coming to Annapolis in October. We're bringing the Sweetener House Show on the road. We'll be playing downtown after the North Texas game. I'm assuming your family will be there, right, Coach? We'll be there, and we'll we'll, uh, come celebrate with you afterwards. That's right. Coach, have a great rest of your evening. Finish camp strong, and let's beat Notre Dame. Let's do it. Good to talk to you guys. Thanks, Coach. Give them hell, Coach. Thanks for your time. See you, brother. Well, that's it for part one. I hope you've enjoyed it. Stick around for part two. We have a little change of perspective coming up you won't want to miss. See you soon. Go Navy. The Sing Second Podcast is made possible by our title sponsor, ProMD Health in Annapolis, Maryland. Many thanks to Scott Melamed, the owner and operator of ProMD Health. Scott is a former first responder and his father was a firefighter responding to the 9-11 attacks in New York City. Scott understands duty and sacrifice and his support of the Naval Academy and the physical mission are so appreciated. At ProMD Health, their unique personal approach to medicine coupled with their cutting-edge anti-aging treatments provide patients with unsurpassed care in a relaxing setting. I want some of that. They cater to patients that require the best in personalized medical care. ProMD Health Annapolis offers a unique personalized touch to the latest and greatest in anti-aging treatments and beyond. Their experienced staff is ready to serve you before, during, and after your visit. Check them out at www.promdhealth.com. That's Pro-M as in Mike, D as in Delta, health.com. The thoughts and opinions expressed on this pod are our own. They don't represent the views of the Naval Academy Athletic Association, United States Naval Academy, or any organization for that matter. Audio and visual play-by-play calls courtesy of NBC Sports were played throughout this episode. We do not own any of that footage, nor do we own any of the fleet or Navy football footage used in this episode. All applicable rights remain reserved by their respective owners. I do own the music that was played on this episode. All rights reserved by me, Sweetener Music. If you want to use my tunes, just call me. Have a good one. This is a Sweetener Music production. Hey!